Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjo Gall. Hello, and uh, welcome to this segment on CIO Talk Network. To learn more, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And as always, uh, we would like to invite you to join our discussion on Twitter and look for this show as hashtag OrgHealth, which is O-R-G Health. Our topic for today is, should you care about organizational health? And I have with me Bill Schlageter, who is the Corporate Vice President, CIO, and Global Services a global business services, Densupply Serona. Hi, Bill. How are you? Hey, Sanjay. I'm fine. How are you? Oh, could not be better. It's a beautiful day in Chicago here, and uh, <laughs> life is, is, is uh, great. Fantastic. Yeah. So uh, the discussion today, the reason we picked up this topic is, while you know, we always work towards the, the, towards the best interest of an organization, and you are basically rallying your troops, your strategy, your vision, everything so that the organization grows. But then sometimes people just look at a snapshot and say, okay, is, is, is the result, are the results coming? But if we do not have this concept of organizational health uh, looked at and perhaps measured, then it could very well be we are undermining the true potential. So is, mm-hmm. is this organization health any important? Is it a fuzzy concept? Should we be measuring it? How do we measure? How do we maintain it? So the, all that is what we want to discuss. So first, sure. I'd love to get your view of how how you see organizational health. Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks. So um, uh, as, you, as you introduced me, I'm the CIO for Densupply Serona, which is uh, the result of a recent merger of uh, Densupply International and uh, Serona Dental Systems. Uh, these two companies just came together uh, in, in February, and these companies bring with them uh, some rich history, rich culture, uh, uh, r- real good reputation in the market. And so what our challenge right now, frankly, is how do we be successful with the integration to really bring the value to our shareholders and better products to the customers? And without question, the quality, the speed, and the success of what we have in front of us is going to be dependent on the health of this new combined organization. Um, so if we look at how Densply Throne is approaching that, is that our executive team and our global HR team understand the, the importance of the organizational health, and they've really focused some serious time, energy, and effort on uh, helping the organization understand its new culture, its new way of working, its new expectations on behavior and integrity. And the key element is that, you know, the full organization, whether it be management or employees, understand and internalize uh, uh, our vision, our mission, and our values. And we're using this to be really the basis of creating the new culture and hopefully a new organization uh, to ensure the health of the organization. So, I mean, we're, that's what we're doing broadly. Within the IT organization, it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's, it's a more specific challenge um, because you know, we have two different IT teams with, with different platforms, with different histories, with different approaches, and really in different stages of their life cycle. Um, what we have tried to do is 
understand the direction of the company and the strategy of the company and anticipate the emerging needs for IT solutions to support to support you know our our growth. Um, we need to merge platforms together and organizationally the challenge has been how do we bring different platforms supported by different teams together without creating a culture where there's winners and losers, uh, where we see ourselves as one team wearing one jersey. How do we keep the enthusiasm and the commitment of, you know, all of our IT staff? And, you know, if I look at how we've done that, it's been systematic, I think. We've, we've, we've been really open in our discussions with our IT leaders and our IT managers and our IT staff on what we need to accomplish uh, and how to get there. We have been inclusive with our IT staff on decisions and directions to kind of solicit their input and, um, and, and their ideas. Um, and then we've been, you know, decisive. When we make decisions, that's where we're going to go and we're holding people accountable to help us get there. Uh, we want, you know, we've been trying to do this in a way that, you know, people feel engaged so they can get on board and be part of the new solution. And where our hope is, our hope is by kind of being inclusive and being clear, um, you know, the, the, the team maintains its motivation and its enthusiasm and, you know, uh, and as you said, the, the organization rallies around and becomes healthy uh, uh, and focused on, on what we're trying to accomplish. So what we don't know enough about, we cannot measure, and what we don't measure, we cannot improve. So if, if the, what, what you just mentioned definitely are all very critical things which any leader, when you're doing integration or even running your organization without uh, M&A like you had experienced, you will be doing it, I'm sure, for the best interest. Now, when it comes to the organizational health concept, where we're talking about your operations, your management, and your culture, mm-hmm seem to be, are supposed to be unified, and, and maybe there is a way to, not scientifically, or perhaps it is a, a, a quantifiable way to measure to say, okay, this is where we are today. So guys, whatever we are doing, it may be um, working, but not to the, you know, the, the fullest extent, so maybe we have to tweak it. Because if you have nothing to measure against, then you could be, you know, you could be chipping away or you could be laying a, laying a set of bricks, and, and you, instead of making a castle, you might build a tower. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so hopefully that is not happening. So, what is your approach, or what do you suggest is the approach for measuring uh, organizational health? Well, so, well, I think we measure organizational health by the quality of what we're delivering and whether uh, what we're delivering is in line with our, our our strategic vision. So, really, that starts with de- being clear in communicating what our vision is, and our strategy to get there. Um, Second is to communicate that loudly and frequently, make sure that all the people on our IT team understand um, where we're going, how we're going to get there, and then lastly, bring it down to what it means to them. And then with that, we... You know, we, we, we got the team on board, we know where we're going, and we've laid out during, you know, the, the disintegration, you know, our 60, our 30, our 60, our 90-day plans, our six-month plans, our 12-month plans, 180-day plans, and so on. And we're measuring ourselves towards that. And, you know, we've, we, we are tracking our progress uh, to our, uh, the deliverables that we've communicated. 
where we see drift, you know, we can go in and look and say, okay, look, is this because we don't have um, the team on board, or is the problem that you know the, the, we've got a technical challenge that we have to overcome? So we're we're measuring the health of the organization through understanding how well we're performing against our goals, which we, you know, which, which requires that we have the, the, the commitment and the enthusiasm of the people working on those projects. So here, the three pillars, if you will, are management, operations, and culture. Now, culture is, I will not call it fuzzy because uh, it, it, it can be in a way measured to see where the, the organization is going. But then the people who are measuring them may be a different set of people versus uh, someone sitting with a dashboard in their hand and saying, okay, so this is where I see my management to be, the caliber, the kind of uh, mindset they have, and other things. Similar operations is far more quantifiable. Some things are quantifiable and others are not, and then again, there are different people measuring it. And is this becoming a, a, a science, even though it is uh, partially scientific, but is this being seen by the same pair of eyes for us to say, okay, organizational health is being measured with a common interpretation of the data that you're getting versus everyone saying, oh, yeah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, and then you call the organizational health to be fantastic? Well, I mean, I think to measure organizational health, I mean, it's two things. One, uh, it's two things. I think some of uh, evaluating organizational health is, you know, understanding the the level of engagement and the motivation of the individuals uh, in the organization. So make sure that, you know, if people are engaged, it means they understand the strategy. If people are engaged, it means that they're being, they feel that they're being correctly acknowledged and rewarded and communicated to and valued. So, yeah, I think on one side, measuring organizational performance and organizational health, you know, is really speaking to the people and just gauging their level of involvement. Um, the second part, though, is, is measuring the, the output, the deliverable, the progress, and the change that you're making. Um, you know, we don't want to have a situation where people say they're totally engaged, yet we're not delivering the business results. At the same time, I don't think you can have an example where you're delivering the business results and you don't have people engaged. So, um, you know, we, while we need to talk to people and understand their motivations and their level of satisfaction and how well they feel empowered and valued, we would we should also see that coming out in the operational metrics uh, of the organization. I don't think that you could have a, you know, a, a strong performing company without um, healthy engagement of the workforce. So while we are covering this topic, Bill, uh, about, about this organizational health subject, how important do you think the rest of the world uh, feels that it is? And is it something we should, should anyone care for? Because in the sense, if we are doing our respective things and the results are coming, putting another esoteric term out there, does not really help, right? The speed at which the businesses are moving. Or do you mm -hmm. think this could, could be something which could be a kind of benchmark once a, a, an established way which one looked at carefully and continually measured would actually allow us to have the agility that we're looking for while having the good culture and the results that we are, we are hoping for? Yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's, you know, there's, there's, there's plenty of history that shows that the companies that are built to last, that have sustainable growth, that have sustainable success, are companies that value the workforce, that actively 
measure how engaged the workforce is, how engaged team members are, whether management is providing the right type of direction, whether management is actively soliciting ideas, whether management is demonstrating uh, the required degree of curiosity and interest in what's happening and in, in driving innovation, you know, across all teams. So, um, you know, I, 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 organizational health is obvious, I think, to me, to be to be a core driver and a necessity uh, to strong operational performance. Um, you had mentioned about extending, you know, is, that, is, it, is this something that only applies now or is this something that could be globally applicable? When we look at dense supply, Serona, I mean, we're a global organization with sales around the world, and a challenge for us to continue that growth is to, you know, operate as one team and to to take the innovation and the ideas and the enthusiasm and the energy that we have in one region and make that be of benefit to all regions. Um, so, you know, with that, I, I don't think you'd say, look, this is just kind of a local thing or this is like a point-in-time thing. This is something that if we're going to continue to grow globally and we're going to continue to innovate globally, we need to make sure that the people in our organization, you know, in, in all regions around the world are are, are actively listening to each other, actively sharing with, uh, with each other, actively collaborating. Um, yeah, so, you know, I don't think that this is just a point-in-time measurement. I think it's something that is, is, is a necessity for growth. So now uh, let's take a quick break, listeners. Uh, we'll be right back. So, Bill, when we come back, let's discuss about the type of leadership and people because that's what makes an organization. And we are talking about organizational health. So you purposely want to put the ingredients of, uh, in an organization which will at least ensure or at least increase the chances of success or having a better health. So that comes to the type of leaders that we want and their lieutenants. What should be the makeup of people who are invited in? To an organization which will help strengthen its organizational health. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjog All. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Uh, so, uh, Bill, here, the leaders who we have to hire, they are one of the major ingredients on how we would be able to strengthen its health, the organizational health. So, what type of leadership do you think would essentially help? I know we could have a standard answer, the guy should have a vision, and et cetera, et cetera. But then when we are looking at someone's contribution or someone being an ingredient mm-hmm. to the organizational health, what would you think should be an approach for any organization looking for leaders? Yeah, so I guess a couple ways to answer that. I think, you know, kind of first, you know, what is the role 
of a leader in setting the stage for a healthy organization? And then secondly, what are the characteristics of that leader? Within Densply Serono, to the types of leaders that we're looking for, ones that can, as you just said, set clear direction, vision, and strategy. I got a firm belief that if we're ambiguous on our direction, it's frustrating and, and demotivating to people. So, you know, a, a, a good leader needs to be one who can say to people, here's where we're going and here's how we're going to get there. As I talked about before the break, Identify uh, Serona is a global team. So our, the health of our organization is in large parts determined by how well we operate as one organization. So there we're looking for leaders who can really operate globally, who can operate across cultural lines and geographic lines and seek out ideas wherever they originate. And then lastly, I think we're looking for leaders who can who can lead with passion for innovation, who can help us create a culture where we n- not only respond to change, but we make change. Uh, Densply Serona is, is, a, is, a, is, is a leader in innovation in the dental industry, and we need that innovation to pervade uh, all aspects of the company. So with that's what we're expecting from leaders, you know, what what types of people do we look for? How do we bring that in? I think there's probably a couple answers to that, to be honest with you. I think we're, we're looking for leaders who, who, who can operate uh, with unrelenting focus and commitment to our customers. You know, our, as I said earlier, our vision is, is driving uh, this culture and disorganization, and that vision is focused on making the customer happy. So we need leaders who can listen to and understand what our customer needs and then craft the strategy to respond to that. I think we need leaders who are operating with really uncompromised integrity. I think teams respond well to people that they can trust, who people they can respond well to people who will do the right things the right way all the time, and I, I think that helps create a, a healthy environment. Um, I think we need leaders who can partner well with our business colleagues and other functions. Um, we need IT leaders who are not focused on technology, but who understand that technology uh, is a tool to improve business performance and to understand how it can be used. They need to be close partners and collaborators with uh, uh, the, the other business functions. Uh, I think we need leaders who are capable and comfortable in driving change. Um, I, th- I see too often a lot of, I see a lot of people in management or leadership positions who are comfortable um, having change happen. But what we need to be successful and have a healthy organization is leaders who can not not just have it happen, but actually drive it, influence it, impact it, make it happen, see the opportunity and go seize it, uh, because that's where real innovation comes from, is having the leaderships who are encouraging an organization to think and to be, uh, to anticipate the needs and to kind of get out in front. And, and lastly, you know, you can have great leaders who are, who are focused on, uh, on, on organizational health and driving change, but you know, if they don't have the right teams with them, they're not going to succeed. 
So we need leaders who can identify, develop, and reward talent. Um, and as I said earlier, we're a global organization, so our successful leaders are the ones who can look across a broad organization and say, you know, there's somebody sitting in that region who's, who's constantly delivering, who's constantly bringing up good ideas, who is at, at a stage in their career where they need to change and need to grow. And I think the best leaders are, are, are the ones who find those people and kind of give them new opportunities. And how that helps with the health of an organization is that everybody else in the team sees, okay, good performance, good ideas are being rewarded, and there's a career within the company to, uh, uh, you know, to continue to grow. So, you know, I, 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 I fundamentally believe that the, 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 the health of an organization and the the team's ability to impact the success of an organization are 100% dependent on having the right leaders who can set that clear vision, who can operate with integrity, and who can motivate a team and then reward a team for, uh, for successful delivery. So that's a great response to this question. Now, the next one I'd have for you, so now that suppose you have the right um, qualifiers, if you will, to get the right leadership in the team. Another is to build a transparent workplace, which will essentially allow, you know, bi-directional communication between the leader and the workers and the other, and you know, both ways. And then transparency is not just uh, be demanded of the workers, but also is a requirement from the leader so that no matter who's doing what, so sometimes you see managers end up, you know, worsening the situation for workers because they are not telling what they're doing, but they're asking a whole lot from the rest of the workers. So how can an organizational health, I mean, we know that organizational health can be improved by introducing transparent workplaces, but there are few and far between. What's the What's the way we could sponsor it, champion it, and actually make it happen so transparency is the one which will take us to that best organizational health and success? Well, I can answer that uh, with what I, we're doing right now as part of this integration with, with Densify Serona. Um, I told you we have two different companies, two different cultures, two different histories, and then underneath both of those are kind of two different IT solutions and IT teams. And our challenge is how do we bring all of that together. And, you know, that's not an easy task to accomplish, particularly with organizations as, as big and as geographically dispersed as what we have. So the path that we chose to take was, you know, we got our teams together early just to meet each other, to understand uh, each other, understand what our projects and priorities and our histories have been. And it was really just to foster a, a, an interpersonal exchange to get people talking. While, that, while we were doing that, the broader business strategy was being developed and the targets for you know, the growth of the company were being developed. Once those were finalized and published to the organization, we got the IT team back together. And we said, guys, look, or team, look, here's where we're headed. This is what the company is expecting from us. These are what our shareholders are expecting. These are what our customers are expecting. Um, now it's our job to craft the IT strategy to get us, uh, to support getting us uh, to that business objective. And we set some rules when we met. We said, look, we are not coming into this as, you know, old Dent Supply or old Serona. We're coming into these meetings as one company. We're coming in wearing one jersey. We're coming in working as one team. 
And what we need to do in this meeting right now, and it was about 20 people, is we need to find the best solutions, the best technologies, and the best way to structure ourselves to deliver. And so it was a, you know, a couple-day-long meeting where we discussed and we debated ideas, but we did it in a way that was completely open, completely transparent, uh, completely respectful. We could criticize ideas. We could challenge ideas. We could suggest alternatives. But anyway, we came out of we came out of that with a direction. We came out of that with an approach that we wanted to take. We then brought it back to our respective teams and said, guys, here's where we're going. Now, what do you think? And we've got the next level of management, the next level of our, our, our technical experts on board in the discussion. And so through this, 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 this open collaboration, we we let the team get engaged in the solution as opposed to being handed a solution to go execute on. Um, so we decided the right way to do network integration. We decided the right way to have common security. We decided the right way to you know, manage multiple ERP systems. And, and, and it was by really setting the target and getting everybody to agree on that's where we're going. Now let's have the discussion on how to get there. Um, I think was the right way for us, at least, um, to be transparent and open and ultimately get to the best decision. So the way you describe transparency is, to some extent, we are talking here um, where you bring the people together, they help them collaborate, and and maybe show them a vision, have them buy into a vision and go. So now, definitely, there is, there is a component of that which requires transparency. However, the transparency could be is where if I know where Bill is sitting and having coffee or a beverage in, in a restaurant, so he's out there talking about something he wants to talk about and is available to everyone in the room and or in, in the in the workforce. Similarly, a worker says, I do not like my boss for XYZ reason. There is a way, of course, there would be a channel of communication, but they when they say something, it will be very much understood by the people in the management versus interpreted and, and be evaluated whether it's going to be the best health of organization or not, because there is a worker who is suffering. So when you want a culture where everyone is able to speak their mind, well, I'm not sure if it's utopia or if it's possible, but that's what uh, that's what it's transparency per uh, as per me. What do you think? How do you define transparency? Well, I mean, I think there's a couple different things on transparency. I think with re, you know, kind of with regard to the topic of organizational health, um, I think transparency needs to be clarity of vision and direction. I also think transparency needs to be uh, uh, transparency on decision-making and uh, engagement of, of uh, you know, everybody who should be involved in that decision. And I think transparency, frankly, is a little bit to what you just described, which is being approachable, being available. So if we kind of walk through each of those, I think transparency on um, uh, on vision and, and establishing the vision, you know, uh, uh, you know, our vision is shaped by our markets and by our customers and, and where we want to take this company to continue, you know, its growth trajectory. So, you know, so a lot of those, those strategy targets are set, but then the job of a, a good transparent manager is to communicate that out. A lot of, I think there's, we all run the risk, all companies run the risk of having a great strategy, but poor execution. Poor execution for me is largely driven by bad communication and misunderstanding as to what the strategy is. So, you know, if we are going to 
be clear on the strategy and we have to be open to the dialogue on why is that the strategy how we're going to get there what are what are the methods the modes what are my individual accountabilities and responsibilities um you know uh you know then with regards to you know determining the solutions and making the decisions um i think a good leader listens to his team and you know, I certainly am, am, am humble enough to know that I am not often, I'm rarely the smart, smartest person in the room. I am surrounded by IT people who are much deeper and more knowledgeable than I am. And we need to find those ideas and bring those into the decision-making process as to how do we accomplish a, um, uh, the goal to get to the strategic target. And so I talked a bit about us getting, you know, the, the first 20 wave of managers together and then extending that out, you know, deeper in the organization and now, you know, out globally. We, we need to allow people to feel that they can express ideas and, uh, and, and, and work in a way where those ideas will be listened to, respected, and appreciated. And then lastly, being approachable. You said you talked about having a coffee or, you know, sitting down having dinner and have somebody come up and talk to you. Um, I think a big part of, of leadership is being out there, being visible, being approachable. You know, everybody has my cell phone number. Everybody can reach me via email. Um, you know, and people need to know that if someone expresses an opinion or if someone expresses a complaint, that it will be listened to and it will be dealt with. And the only way you hear those complaints or those comments is to be approachable, is to be visible, to be present. And I think those three things all go together in, in, in addressing organizational health and ensuring that you've got active engagement and motivation of the team to drive to a, you know, the, the strategic vision direction. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And let's, let's look at this whole organizational health concept and see if that can be achieved when the organization's agility is also one of the key focus areas, especially nowadays, because when we are moving at 100 miles an hour, can we really have, even when we are doing this fail fast and fail small type of projects and we are moving things around, we are assembling and you know deassembling, dismantling the team at, at a, such a rapid pace, can we really have the organizational health kept intact? Or there will be burnout, there will be other things which may be um, which may be a result of this this maddening pace, but we just take it in saying, okay, we have to move forward, so we're going to be agile, but we may sacrifice organizational health. So can we eat the cake and have it too? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjoke All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjoke All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back. So agility is the mantra nowadays for us to be competitive and be out there. We have to do things faster. We have to even fail faster. So when, when that's the approach and that's the mantra for the organization, do you think organizational health-related initiatives take a backseat because they are too soft, if you will, when it comes to organizational's competitive advantage and the results that we have to show to the shareholders? So, yeah, so, so you know, I'm gonna, if I could, I'd like to answer that really within the framework of an IT structure because I think the role of IT to support an innovative, growing, dynamic business is a bit tricky. And, you know, Densply Serona is, an, is, a, is a leader in the industry. It is driving most innovation in the industry. Um, and the IT organization needs to be a part of that innovation. But at the same time, I think an IT organization is also expected to kind of operate as a utility and to keep the lights on for the, you know, the standard IT functions. I think we're, you know, to be real succinct, I think we're asked to anticipate or find new IT solutions that drive the business. We're asked to embrace and deploy new technologies and to be at the forefront of innovation. But at the same time, you know, we need to be perfect at the utility functions of, you know, whatever, 100% uptime on networks or servers or security or backup. And that's a really tricky balance to strike. And it's one that is, 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 has a direct impact on organizational health because from a management perspective, we really can't have team members who are 100% focused on innovation and project work. First, because, you know, in a lot of cases, projects are pretty heavy and intense and they could get burned out from the demands uh, of, of a project. Um, they could also run the risk of being a bit disconnected from, you know, the day-to-day -day reality of the business. If you're constantly focused on innovation and looking for the next new shiny object, you know, you, you, you could be disconnected from, you've got to keep the lights on, you've got to operate the company. Um, the flip of that is we can't have an IT organization that is 100% focused on kind of support and maintenance because, you know, then we're relegated to being really just a utility that nobody's thought about and we're not part of the innovation effort. Um, and the people on those teams will get bored and really kind of upset that they're not part of driving change in the company. So that's the tricky balance that we've got to strike, I think. So what we've, we've done is we, within the Densplice Front IT world, have tried to structure our teams by technology domain so that the manager who is responsible for innovation and change projects is also responsible for the post-project uh, support uh, for example, uh, a manager responsible for like our logical infrastructure, logical infrastructure, he's responsible for the design and architecture and evolution of our, you know, our active directory structure. At the same time, he's also responsible for supporting it through, you know, adding new users and group policies and that sort of thing. So our idea there is to challenge the manager to balance the need for 
new project big thinking and chasing this shiny new object and being on the forefront of what's happening in the industry with the daily need for, you know, support and, 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 and you know, kind of the utility functions of IT. Um, and what we think is, what we think happen are, the benefits of this are kind of twofold. First is the people who are on projects shifting back to helping out on support gives them a break from the project pressures. Secondly, I think by having people shift from projects back to support, they get to see and understand the impact of some of the decisions that they've made on projects. So this helps them on the next project. It helps us learn about what works in a project and what doesn't work on a project after the project's done. Okay? By having our support team be active in project work, it helps them remain engaged and enthusiastic and, and, and um, aligned with where we want to take the organization um, and makes them feel like they are a participant of the change, not just a recipient of the change. So, you know, it's a tricky balance, right? It's a tricky balance. How do you be innovative, but how do you provide support? And the way we're trying to do that is by having, you know, our managers balance it within their teams, but not carving support out from innovation, having innovation support sit side by side within the same organization structure. So, in a way, the the way you explain is you're referring to bimodal IT, which is what most of the companies refer to, where they want to have a separate set of people who have the right appropriate mindset to be able to run that uh, innovation race, if you will. And then there are others who would be responsible for the same old, same old. You're saying you're purposely bringing them together so that at no point those, like, you know, one set of people is totally disconnected with the rest. Is that what you're thinking? And is that towards the end goal of maintaining a consistent organizational health throughout? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's that, we, you know, we've looked at that bimodal model. And I'll be honest with you, I've struggled with that in the past, where we've had people who've been responsible for innovation who run off and innovate, and they're idea people, and they're, they're chasing concepts, and they're chasing ideas but they're not implementable or not sustainable. And they, they, it might be a big flash in the pan, but it doesn't, it doesn't sustain. And so what we said is, look, we can't have that happen. At the same time, we can't have support people focus 100% of the time on support, okay, because, you know, you, you, you start to calcify and you, you, and, 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 and you start to retrench and you're not driving change. So what we said is, look, We've got support people who understand how our business operates. They want to do more. They want to deliver. They want to contribute. Let's have them be not just partners, but be part of de determining innovation and driving innovation within IT. So our managers of the example I used was logical infrastructure. He's responsible to make sure that he is driving innovation and coming up with solutions that meet the business requirements of the big organization and, and deliver on our vision and strategy. But he's also responsible for focusing uh, equal attention on making sure that what we have in place works. So, you know, um, one, of, one of our senior IT directors has constantly challenging our our IT organization to think innovation, but to also think about lifecycle management. How do we drive change, but then keep it sustained, keep the benefits sustained after it's implemented? And the way we're trying to do that is by putting them together, putting both teams together under common management. And, what, and I think the value we're seeing in terms of organizational health is that we see um, 
uh, uh, people who had been part of support now getting energized by being part of innovation, and we see people who've been, you know, just chasing innovation, understanding the operational impacts of it. And uh, it, it creates a much stronger sense of culture and a, a much, I think, more sustainable uh, uh, solution set. If, if we are to look at an organization and try to evaluate where the organizational health is failing, you know, like almost like a doctor, what would be the ways? What are the signs? Yeah, so uh, to... to, to, to Organization, uh, if, a, if an organization is unhealthy, you know, there's a, probably a, a number of different potential causes. I mean, on the, so far today, we've talked about different elements that are necessary for an organization to be healthy. You need to have clear vision. You need to have clear strategy. You need to have clear plans for delivery. You need to have a motivated and energized workforce. You need to recognize um, uh, individual competence or, or, and reward you know, team performance. So if we have an organization that's failing, I mean, I think you'll see that in operational performance because, as I said earlier, I do not believe that you can have sustainable long-term uh, success in, in, in operational success in the company if your organization is not healthy. So um, I think if, you know, the first clue uh, that there is an organizational health problem is that, you know, the company will, 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 will suffer. I think you'll, you'll see it in uh, retention um, problems within the staff. I think you'll see it in motivation problems with the staff. I think you'll probably also see it in recruitment problems with the staff because bad organizations are known both inside and outside the organization. Um, but, you know, so you can start to see it through, you know, so, some indicators like those. The question then becomes, what do you do about it, right? I mean, so if you've got an organization that is suffering, how do you address it? And, you know, I think that, you know, you've got, you've, Every failure is different, but you have to go back to the look. You have to go back and look at the the elements that are needed for for success for an organization to be be healthy and see where they're failing. You know, is it the vision isn't clear? And if the vision isn't clear, it's got to you know senior management has to sit down and 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 be crisp on the strategy and be crisp on where we're going. And equally as important, that has to be communicated. The communication of a strategic vision, I think, is the most important thing to drive a company. It is, I think, all people in an organization intrinsically want to help that organization be successful. They want to be part of a team that's driving change and growth and success. But to do that, they need to know what success looks like. And that's where, you know, management not just need, doesn't need to just create the strategy. They need to communicate it and they need to communicate it often. And they need to highlight when we're achieving it. And they need to point out times when we're not achieving it. So people understand, okay, I'm rowing this boat with these other 15,000 people. And that's the direction we're all headed. Uh, the worst thing you want to do is have people get in a boat and not be real clear and united on, on, on where we're going. So, you know, first thing is, do you have the right people? Second, I'm sorry, first thing is, do you have the right strategy? Second is, is it well communicated? I think third thing is, do you have the right managers to drive change? Do you, you know, do you have managers who not just manage the function, but who can drive a function to deliver on that um, strategic imperative, a strategic initiative? And then lastly, do you have the right talent? Do you have the right people uh, in the role to 
get us to where we need to go. And if you don't, we need to find it in the organization. Earlier we talked about, you know, being a global organization, Densply Serona can look across, you know, all of our countries and all of our regions to find the best talent to put on priorities. If we don't have the talent, our next responsibility is to develop it, you know, through training, through education, and, and uh, kind of giving people the opportunity to grow into roles. And then lastly, if, if, if we don't have it, we can't build it, we have to go hire it. And hiring it means that, you know, we are an organization that we're proud to bring people into and that people want to come into, you know. So it's a, kind of a long-winded answer to your question, but, you know, um, I, I think when an organization starts to be unhealthy, you can see it in a lot of different ways, then you've got to go figure out why it's unhealthy and, and then go fix it. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And then let's talk about what if an organization is recognized as failing or, or, or it is losing its health or the perfect health it's supposed to have. What's the way you approach solving that problem? Because I'm sure there would be many listeners who are leaders of organizations which are not at their optimal health. What would be the best way to get there? But please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and Bill will share his response. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjoke All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjoke All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, if you were the kind of doctor who is going to take a look at someone's organizational health and try to diagnose and, and, and perhaps chip away at the problem, what, what would that approach look like, Bill? Yeah, so it's funny you use the doctor analogy. So uh, using that analogy, you've got now a patient sitting in front of you who is unhealthy. I think the first thing a doctor would do is say, okay, what's the issue? What are we, what, before I can start figuring out a treatment plan and a cure, let's understand what the, uh, what, what, what the issue here is. Um, I think that starts with within an organization is it's, it starts with does the organization have a common purpose? This gets back to the strategy and the vision uh, discussion. Does the organization know where it's headed and are all people aligned and in agreement? Uh, and if not, that's where I would start is, you know, you can't fix the health of an organization if the organization disagrees on its strategy and vision. You know, Densply Throne has done a good job during these early days of the integration to be very clear on our vision, our mission, our strategy. As I said at the start of the program, that's something that our executive team understood was critical. That's something our HR team 
understood was critical. So we spent a lot of time making sure that the organization understood where it was going because an organization becomes unhealthy very quickly if people are going in different directions, if people have competing priorities, if people have different understanding of the strategy. So if I was a doctor looking at an unhealthy organization, the first place I'd look is to say, do we all agree on what healthy looks like? Do we all agree on where we want to take this organization, this company? So, uh, in a, in, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Finish your thought. Well, you know, I, I think if there's broad agreement that, that where we're going, okay, so need to say, okay, if, if, if everybody's in agreement and we're still not healthy, okay, that must mean we're failing on the execution of the strategy. I would look at how we're performing on aligning our priorities, our projects, our measurements, and our reward system on achieving those objectives. If you've got an organization with clear strategy, but it's, it's got projects that are failing or aren't aligned or are competing for the same people or are competing uh, uh, for same technology tools, and they're not all going in the same direction, you've got to look at the management, uh, the, 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 you know, the, the operational management at that point and say, you know, okay, the strategy is clear, but we're not performing. Why is that? Do we not do we not have the right people? Do we not have the right metrics in place? Do we not have the right measurements in place? Um, you, know, you know, is the culture not aligned and the vision not aligned? And then, like I said before, the last thing I would look at is, is, is the teams. Do we not have the right talent? So, you know, if I were brought in to look at a company that, that had, you know, kind of at least an IT organization that had um, uh, operational problems and organizational health problems, I'd look at strategy, I'd look at execution, and I'd look at talent. And when we are looking at the, the these three areas that you mentioned, are there any ways where you would also tie them to the financial performance, if you will? Because if you're looking at one end to say, okay, these are healthy or not healthy, and on the other hand, uh, you're looking at the numbers or the successes, if you will, which is also one of the benchmarks. Would you, would you be able to then help prevent a false positive? Because sometimes when you look at a company which is successful, uh, do you think realistically it will be also, uh, or is there a way for us to say if it is healthy or it is showing great results, it, does it automatically mean that it also has good organizational health? You know, interesting question. I, I, think, you, I think you need to look at results over time to evaluate the health of the organization delivering those results. I think, sure, in the short term, a company could show operational performance that's excellent, uh, but they could do that by making short-term, unhealthy, risky decisions. But if you look at the operating performance of a company over a longer period of time, I don't think that they could be successful without having a healthy, motivated, and engaged organization. Um, in the long term, I really strongly believe that sustainable success cannot be achieved without having a workforce that's working together towards a common vision and directed by a common strategy. Um, you know, this requires leaders 
who provide the vision and to create an environment that encourages innovation and kind of personal engagement. Uh, it requires management that's focused on its customers, management that respects all ideas. It's management that, 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 is, that, that, that drives innovation, that is curious, management that operates with integrity, that does the right thing all the time. And frankly, it requires employees to be confident to, to raise ideas and to be engaged and to trust management that they're going to do the right thing, to trust management that the direction's solid. So, you know, if you have all of that working, you know, a company is going to be successful. You know, I don't, but the flip of that is I don't see how a, a, an organization can be successful if it doesn't have that. I mean, I think those are so fundamental to success. And that's why, you know, at Dense by Serona, the, the focus on the first 100 days has been on creating this culture that we all share. It's been creating a vision and a strategy that we all know. And it's been to really push that out aggressively from day one to make sure that our organization understands that we're one team, we're wearing one jersey, you know, and we really want to be the dental solutions provider as, 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 and provide, you know, better, faster, safer treatments uh, in the marketplace uh, for our customers and, 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 and for patients. And we all understand that. And by getting behind that, that's what we think is going to drive our sustainable growth. And frankly, I don't know how, would we, how could we grow or be successful without that. On behalf of the show and our listeners, I'd like to really thank you, Bill, for sharing your thoughts on how organizations can actually look at their health, like that is organizational health, and why they should be used, doing it as an important measure so that besides the financial success, they also have sustained uh, capability to be able to deliver value to its customers. Thank you so much again. And again, thanks for having me. Thank you. And uh, people, uh, listeners, Please like us on Facebook, search for CIO Talk Network, and be sure to follow us on Twitter. Thank you again for listening to this segment on CIO Talk Network. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjoe Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit ciotalknetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.